passes it. Now the lockup, neither wanting to step to the center, or neither have at least yet. Ruthless aggression. It's my life, my time, my rights, my rhymes, my crime, my struggle, hustle, sweat, and my blood too. I'm ready to smell fear. I smell a lot. My competitors flex here. They smelled I was hot. I want it all. Excess, the sex, much success. Stress us. I want it all. No less. Come on. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 45, part 2 of the Ruthless Aggression Era podcast. The only place where we decipher and dictate the era that rose out of the ashes of attitude and delivered us probably the most emotional but yet never spoken about moment to end a WrestleMania of all WrestleManias. Mm-hmm. As it's time to get serious, it's time for a new era in the WWE, as it's time to talk about the second half of the 20th edition of the granddaddy of them all. Wrestle Grandaddy Mania. As always, I'm Dave and joining me is big, sexy Michael Rag. Welcome to a new era. We're, sa- we're going to say bye to Brock, bye to Goldberg. We're going to end with the two... Say hello again to Taker. The t- yeah, the, the new biker slash dead man gimmick of Taker. Oh, uh, yes! And we're going to end with the two vanilla midgets who Eric Bischoff fought with. The shit. In, t- in, I'm going to say TNA, in WCW, and they're going to end and start a new era of WWE going forward. Are you ready? I'm ready. We are going to pick you up then with Eddie Guerrero backstage, um, and we get a Billy Gunn WrestleMania sighting as Eddie Guerrero's getting wished luck by various fucking Velocity stars, and we and see Billy Gunn. Billy Gunn steps in and gives him fucking handshake, wishes him luck for what's going to go on, and then that triggers a train reaction then, because mm. then... Chris Benoit is waiting and pacing back and forth. He's going to, as Eddie Guerrero says, Ole, you're going to build a trench, Ole. Um, because he's getting psyched for tonight. Eddie's kind of being typical Eddie, uh, but Billy but Gunn's... he knows how to fire up Billy Benoit. Gunn's now fucking fired him up, though, hasn't he? So he knows. So, Eddie knows how to so, make that fire. Of heat. course. And we had a great promo of uh, Eddie firing up Benoit. Um, and you got the, yes, the seriousness of this. It's... Do you know something? There's a chance that both of these, these childhood friends, they, they've wrestled together, they've travelled together all around the world, they came to WWE together. Can they now end with them two being the fucking megastars? Like you said, Michael, just like an episode of SmackDown, we are kicking things off with the Cruiserweight Championship Open. We have got your champion with his father, uh, it's Chavo Guerrero, uh, we're against Nunzio, Jamie Noble, Tajiri, Akio, Funaki, Shannon Moore, Ultimo Dragon, who nearly fucking... He recovered well, let's say, on his entrance, did old Ultima. Uh, Billy Kidman and Rey Mysterio. Now, the concept of this is very similar to the original SmackDown games where he did the gauntlet. Gauntlet, yeah. Where four so, or five wrestlers but, hid around the ring and the minute you pinned one, the other one slid in. But why did Akira not enter the match? Uh, did he not get disqualified? I think he did. He got That's disqualified, weird. didn't he? We're helping Tajiri. Uh, so, yeah, so, gauntlet match, two guys start at random, each fall sees another entrant come in. Um, Chavo goes in last because he's the defending champion, which I think is a decent role. Yeah, he should be in first. No, no, no. Champions, champion. fighting champion. No, champions always should have advantage. Always champions advantage. And Ultimo Dragon, as I said, he had his shockmaster moment where um, he literally fell on his face, head into the ring, and it's one of those things. Ultimo Dragon was never even up to this point remembered for anything glorious. No, he had a decent finisher, which obviously Kalisto uses these days. But apart from that, nothing. But he always will get remembered for falling on his face. But going in this, you think Ray's going to win it? Yeah, well, it's mania. It's mania. Is the Flash? Yeah. (laughs) 
Um, so, uh, Dragon and Morde start things off. They trade reversals as Moore hits the ropes and delivers a shoulder block. Uh, Dragon comes back with a backslide for two. Moore hits a back suplex for a two, another two. Uh, whips Dragon into the corner. Moore delivers a back elbow and goes for a corkscrew moonsault, which misses. And then Dragon allows him to deliver his Selena Del Sol um, for the victory in about a minute and a half. And straight away you thought, well, there's ten of these guys so that have got to fit in this. This is going to be quick. And it's going to be enjoyable because you're only going to get the it's best stuff. It's going to be fast. It's going quick, to be fast paced. It's brilliant. Uh, Noble is the next man in. Yeah, boy. Time to may, slow it down. If I may just go back uh, to the Shannon Moore, um, I would like to see him get a bit further, you know, at least make up for all the fucking jobbing he's had to do. Well, he had a run, didn't he, for a long period of time where it looked like you could tell him and kind of fancied him a little bit where he thought, I might work with this kid a little bit, So, but he got levered, all of it, but yeah. he sold so well like against Lesnar. That time where Lesnar had fired him and he spun twice in air, do you know what I mean? he sold so well. Yeah, but... I don't know, maybe that time's come and gone for more. Uh, obviously, when he turns into like the Prince of Punk and he has the run in ECW, but that's yeah. still a good couple of years away. So Yeah, because that's when we get Punk. Yeah, so you're interested to see what happens. So, as I said, Jamie Noble, yeah, boy, your man, the millionaire that is Noble, he's the next man in with a clothesline. Uh, he gets a two count. It would have been nice if Jamie Noble would have come in straight away and hit his finisher <laughs> and instantly got a victory and then just tore through, from hell. tore through the competition. Uh, Dragon hits the ropes and delivers a series of kicks for a two. Uh, Dragon delivers a backbreaker but misses a moonsault. Noble hits a neckbreaker, locks in the guillotine choke to get the submission in around two and a half minutes. Yeah, boy. I like though how both um, transitions into the uh, pinfall for the guy that's won has been a moonsault. We had the corkscrew moonsault from Dragon yep. that missed. Um, uh, sorry, from Moore. And then we had the moonsault from Dragon that missed. Um, so it'd be interesting to see what happens next. Um, this brings in Funaki, who comes in off the top rope with a crossbody, but Noble rolls through and pins him. So 10 seconds. <laughs> yeah, boy. In, your boy's on Noble's a streak. On fire. Your boy's on a streak. Uh, Nunzio, the next man in, and they don't even reference the fact that they were cousins, or, or they are still cousins, because it was Noble that brought Nunzio in. Don't reference none of that. None of that. And Nunzio comes in, but he gets met with a chop from Noble. Uh, Noble goes for a backslide, but Nunzio counters for a roll up for two. Nunzio delivers a dropkick for the second rope, uh, but uh, Noble reaches the bottom rope. Nunzio goes for a roll-up, but Noble ducks, sending Nunzio into the floor. Uh, Noble jumps off the top with a sent on, taking him out to the floor, and Noble beats the count, but Nunzio doesn't. Your boy is the on hometown, a roll! But the hometown kid is out. Well, typical fucking Vince booking. Um, and then comes the most dangerous cruiserweight, and the older fucking cruiserweights, Billy Bastard Kidman. No wonder Tory left you, you cunt. Uh, Kidman comes in and backdrops Noble onto the apron surprised he didn't break his back uh, Nunzio pulls him to the floor so Kidman gives Nunzio a baseball slide surprised he didn't broke his fucking neck he's, he's, a, he's a clumsy fat piece of shit is what Billy Kidman is and I'm surprised that he didn't injure anybody uh, I, I feel like I'm fucking yeah. uh, Joey Styles against Mike Orson <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't injure anybody earlier than he did with his clumsiness he's just pure clumsiness um, he's trying to kill himself all the time that's what it is well, he, he rams Noble into the corner uh, and delivers a running integrity which could have killed him uh, Kidman sets up Noble for the shooting star press but Noble meets him on the top and Kidman delivers a top rope powerbomb which eliminates Noble in around six and a half minutes now which is bullshit all that run for that fucking waste of space that's it's not like fun. he's going to win it they're never going to believe in Kidman they're never going to let Kidman go over Ray no ever never uh, so speaking of Ray Boyaka Boyaka Who's that jumping off the rope? Mysterio's the next man in the match. Comes in with a springboard seat and sent on to Kidman. Uh, Kidman comes right back with a drop kick, getting a two count, but Ray comes back with a drop kick of his own, sending Kidman to the floor. 
A KO then interferes, dropping Ray on the top rope, and Kidman slides back, delivering a powerbomb to Ray, which gets a two. Uh, Kidman sets Ray on the top rope, goes for a gut wrench, but Ray fights him off, delivers a sunset flip off the top, which picks up the pin in another seven and a half minutes, which was a, to be fair, for that little yeah. fat piece of shit, it does work well with Ray. And yeah, and as Michael Cole said on commentary a couple of times, they do each other so well. <laughs> Definitely. He loves that fucking spot. Uh, Tadges is your next one in, and he sends Ray to the ropes. Uh, Ray gets a springboard moonsault, which mi he misses, but Tajiri locks in the tarantula, which always baffles me that your signature's an illegal move. And then springboard... He's, he's <laughs> and then like, poison mist. He's finishing, that's what I mean. They're both illegal moves. Tajiri then springboards off the second ropes into a dropkick from Ray. Uh, a second dropkick sets up Tajiri for the 619, which connects, and Ray goes for the West Coast, but misses. Akio jumps back on the apron, holds Ray for Tajiri. Tajiri goes to the green mist, but Ray ducks, and Akio gets it instead. Ray rolls him up for the fall at 8 minutes 33. So I'm guessing either Akio got disqualified and they didn't mention anything, or the mist did him. And Must he couldn't compete, because that mist so is deadly. So he should have been Akio first, then? Well, that mist is deadly. So I reckon, well, I don't know, maybe Akio would have come next, maybe. I don't know. Uh, well, Tajiri gives uh, Mysterio a kick on his way out, and Charo comes in, covers for a quick two. Uh, Ray gives Chavo a drop to hold in the second turnbuckle and then springboards into Urukana, or Urukana even. Uh, Ray delivers a baseball slide into Chavo Classic and then delivers a sent onto the floor. Ray comes back inside with a shoulder block. He goes for a sunset flip, but Chavo sits down on it. And Chavo Senior, obviously with that extreme extra leverage, holds onto the foot. One, two, three. And after around ten and a half minutes, which Proud was tradition. ridiculous the amount of people there and as you quite rightly said he lies and cheats and steals just like the family motto states and still your cruiserweight champion that is so proud of him he's uh chavo i quite enjoyed that match it was a lot of fun cruiserweight it was a lot of fun we said it was going to be fun it was a lot of fun and Rey Mysterio goes oh over my the top God! take out chavo senior go for mysterio huge senton over the top rope there's only one Rey Mysterio, my friend. Rey Mysterio and Chavo Guerrero. This elimination matchup, this cruiserweight open has come down to this. The winner of this fall will be cruiserweight champion. Now watch Chavo. Chavo's feeling some pain here. And had a gut to the stomach. Rey Mysterio up over the top. Sunset flip. They have Chavo here. You Chavo. got him. Shoulders down. Look, look at Chavo Senior. Chavo stole it. What are you laughing at? comes into play. That's why the father helps the son. You stop What's it. wrong with that? For the second straight month, Rey Mysterio has been screwed out of the Cruiserweight title by Chavo Sr. Chavo Guerrero, the Cruiserweight champ, went into this match. The odds was against him, and I'll tell you what, he pulled it out. Chavo did it. Uh, yeah, overall thoughts of the Cruiserweight Playboy Invitational. <laughs> as, as we've used to say, it was a lot of fun. Great fast-paced action. Brought the crowd back after the they wore themselves out with Wankfest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was. Um, I think it was. I don't know. I, as much as I enjoyed it, I feel like the placement on it was a bit meh. I'd have liked it earlier. Yeah. I'd have liked it probably opening. I would have took that as the opener. Instead of seeing the show. Yeah, probably. I'd have that next, and then I'd just have the tag. But then what you got to think about it, you've gone from Playboy Wankfest to then it all gets serious. It's the the big hitters are out now. Maybe this should have gone after Goldberg and Brock. To split, see, this is what baffled me, because you get from here on out, apart from the tag match, 
which obviously that's used as to break it up. Yeah. You get it's, it's a lot of No, it's Vince coming out and saying, you all, I yeah, love you all. I love you all, you're amazing. Um, so, speaking of the reason as to why Vince had to come out and say, sorry, MSG, let's forget that ever happened. And like men in black say, looking to my little puppy, boom, gone, memory gone. And then up teen years later, we don't ever talk about that. It is time for Brock Lesnar versus Bill Goldberg. And um, what was... Have you got any toilet paper? Because <laughs> we're going to shit all over this. Royal Rumble is about to start any minute. You are the number 30 entrant, Goldberg. That gives you a pretty distinct advantage, doesn't number it? Number 30? Who cares what number Bill Goldberg is in the Royal Rumble? Didn't you just witness Brock Lesnar retaining his WWE Championship? That's all that matters to me. You should be conducting this interview with Brock Lesnar. What matters is tonight, after I go in the ring and I smash every single person involved in that Royal Rumble, and I get the opportunity to go to Mania to regain my title. Goldberg is on fire! Wait a minute! Brock Lesnar! Brock Lesnar! F5! F5's coming! Yeah! Yeah! Goldberg! What the hell is this about? Lesnar's not in the Royal Rumble match! And that's all! Oh, oh, Kurt Angle, yeah! Kurt Angle has delivered it! Hey, I want to come and talk to you about something. You know, SmackDown's got a thing for you coming up to San Francisco here in a couple of weeks. Don't know what happened. But you know the main event is, right? Eddie Guerrero battles Brock Lesnar for the WWE Championship. See, I have a good buddy in San Francisco and he sent me this ticket. And if you take this ticket, Bill, and you're sitting on the front row, Watching Brock Lesnar. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. What the hell? for 
explosion. Austin and Lesnar. Oh, here we go. One another. Oh, my God. Stone Cold Steve Austin taking it to Lesnar. That's it. Stone Cold's done now. F5. Austin reversed the F5. Goes for the stutter. Lesnar countered. Lesnar's been busted open. What the hell is Stone Cold Steve Austin going to do when he is the law? When he is the special guest referee for Brock versus Goldberg at WrestleMania? Bill Goldberg, Madison Square Garden. It will be Brock Lesnar. You, you, senseless Goldberg. Lesnar, you're next. In what was built up, up to the point of that dreadful fortnight where Goldberg announced that he wasn't re-signing and then, then WB realised they only had one appearance left for him and that was this match. So Steve Austin had to play the role of hype man so in the if, match. But going into this match, you'd have thought it was going to be Brock versus Austin. 100%. And then on the flip side, you had Brock Lesnar who announced the week, 10 days before Mania, that he was leaving to pursue a career in the National Football League. So, word got out on the internet because obviously how things were back then. People were start having a lot more access to not only Meltzer's Observer, but also like your Laws of Pain, SE Scoops, yeah. Which saw a lot more people back in the day probably would have had a lot more access if they would, if this would happen two years before it did. Yeah. Maybe if it was, wasn't at MSG as well, let's say we were at 19 in Seattle, then would it have been that heavily pushed on being fucking you set a cunt's bull, you sold out pussies? Because, but you've got 19,000 raging, raging, who've probably been building up for this proper diehard, where WWE started its name. Do you know what I mean? It, that was its territory. New, New York and WWE took like fucking bread and butter. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, it, it was glorious. But how did we get there? Uh, on the 26th of January episode of Raw, Goldberg came to the ring and demanded a match between himself and Brock Lesnar, uh, which who we had problems with over the past two months. Uh, because the night before, Goldberg had entered the Raw Rumble, only to have Lesnar, who was the reign WWE champion at the time, interfere, hit an F5, causing Goldberg to be eliminated by Angle. Now, prior in the night, we had a bit of, hi, I'm Goldberg, hi, I'm Lesnar, I'm the champion, I'm the champion. Alcohol is behind you, Brock. Yeah, which, <laughs> which started to... Um, Kind of plant the seeds yes. of what potentially could happen that's, going forward. That's what Rumble's there for. And then the following week on episode of Raw, Sheriff Stone Cold, he gave Goldberg the option of attending No Way Out by giving him a front row ticket. And at No Way Out, Goldberg did what Goldberg normally does and what everyone expected. He interfered. But it helped Eddie, as we discussed yeah. on that episode, and it, by not getting... That was the what got the pinfall. Yeah. But he still interfered. And again, that pushed the storyline on. And then we had the horrific moment... On SmackDown, where Brock Lesnar came out Pray. on his knees and begged and screamed, Give me Goldberg! To which then Goldberg, on the following episode of Monday Night Raw, he responded, ah, I'm going to take Lesnar, your neighbor. And then we had Goldberg, uh, Lesnar, sorry, again, the following SmackDown. Uh, he then gave his response to Goldberg, saying, Goldberg, I'm on you! And then it got announced that we're going to have three interpromotional matches at Mania, one of them being Brock Lesnar of Smack of the Down against Monday Night Raw's Big Bully Bill Goldberg. In what, up to what that point, have been. would have been amazing. It's like, yes, these two big meatheads are going to smash each other. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be a potato fest. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> this but is what then, we should have had. 
then the stories came about. Do you know what I mean? Like, so Goldberg wasn't happy because he wanted to be the fucking unbeaten fucking... And Brock Lesnar wasn't happy because uh, he was travelling all the way to South Africa for the tour to fight Hardcore Holly. And he was like, well, I'm Brock fucking... So, you know I mean? so they're both pissed off. So we come to this evening. It but took about... But the promos uh, we got end up looking like it was Brock Costa. Well, that was the thing. So, a couple of weeks leading up, we had Brock Lesnar stealing Stone Cold Steve Austin's ATV, uh, and then Austin turned up on SmackDown, Brock Lesnar turned up on Raw, uh, scrapping between them two, promos between them two, um, and it was all down to Lesnar. And to be fair, it does have an element of the storyline because Lesnar... He is pissed off that Austin allowed Goldberg to become to come yeah. to No Way Out, and because he came to No Way Out, he lost the title. So yeah, it does make sense, but it'd make more sense if fucking Goldberg was there. If he just traded in just the ego, be there. Yeah, that's that's all we ask you to do is just be there. I understand that. Yeah, you're pissed off because you've been told for years with people around you that you're the man. And you're never going to lose. And when you do lose, it's going to be like, after two years, you're going to be the fucking man. And it's come to WWE and Vince is like, yeah, you're, you're Goldberg, but yeah, you're just another guy. You just get, Stop believing. Stop being a mark for yourself. Look, like, look at Bret Hart. He was always a mark for himself. <laughs> the I mean, biggest mark. The biggest mark for himself. And Goldberg was quite the mark for himself. Um, so yeah, we led to tonight where the entire fucking crowd absolutely shit on the entire thing for its entire duration. And it was a beautiful fucking specimen of a piece of TV that's always going to be remembered thanks to things like the WWE Network. Um, so, everyone knew it was Goldberg's swan song. Everyone knew Lesnar was leaving because uh, he had a pipe dream of the NFL. Uh, Leaving at knowledge. Apparently, from what I've read, um, they weren't going to acknowledge that Lesnar was going. But because he got too heavy and you start, you could tell it was starting to put him off. That's why JR probably got fed through his headset. Mm. Let him know. Just so TV could... Because there will be people at home watching it who have paid big bucks to buy it that I might not have the internet. They... Yeah, but they might not have the internet. Do you know what I mean? They might not have read the dirt sheets. They might not be yeah, aware. Yeah, they'll be thinking, why, is, why are they booing him? Yeah, what, what, what's all this about? It's, um, so we got... You sold out chance. They were the, the biggest one we got. Yeah, from the Nah, nah, nah. Hey, hey, goodbye. Uh, which that was probably the one that forced Ross, I think, to start, or Vince to tell Ross to start acknowledging shit's going down. Now, did you know there was a certain um, son of a billionaire in the crowd chanting along with the fans that you sold out, you sold out? I did know about that. I didn't see him on any well, camera. From what I gather from the stories I've read on various shows, one shame of man, one best in the world, will hide in the crowd uh, and chant away and enjoy it as a mock date little mark like everybody else. I thought it was fucking brilliant. Because he's a mark. And apparently the story is Shane was in the crowd. You sold out, you sold out and chanting along with everything. Absolutely loving it. Um, so the lock-up, we finally get a lock-up after around three minutes because there was so much uncomfortableness. Yeah, even, even when fans started chanting Austin, Austin just... No one knows character. what to do. They like, were breaking No one knows what to do. Um, so we get a lock-up. They fight over the lock-up forever for around 50 seconds or something. It's proper intense. Uh, they lock up again and the crowd starts to boo them out of the building. As we're nearly five minutes in and fuck-all's happened. Apart, apart from, from one guy getting kicked out. Uh, the crowd then decides to chant this match sucks as Lesnar finally grabs an offensive manoeuvre, a headlock. 
at nearly bang on five minutes. Uh, the trade shoulder blocks where neither guy moving as the crowd switches back and forth from you sold out to this match sucks to both guys suck. Uh, both men hit the ropes and collide for a double knockout. Lesnar delivers a series of kicks but gets whipped into the corner. Uh, Goldberg delivers a military press into a power slam which finally wakes the crowd up. They get a little bit of Goldberg. Uh, Goldberg goes to the spear, but Lesnar step, uh, steps to one side, and Goldberg heads straight to the floor. Like and this match has just been wrestled. It's shit on. It's just it's a, shit on. Wrestled City. And see, I tried watching this match without sound. Without just to see, <laughs> Just to see if it made it, if the fans uh, made it as bad as it is. No, no, no. I was gonna, if these were on the Blue Pants plots, it was going to be bad anyway. But they're just too distracted. Oh, of course they are. They're put off. They're incredibly put off. Um, Lesnar goes out, out to the outside after uh, Goldberg and sends him into the post. Uh, Lesnar fires Goldberg back inside, goes for a suplex, which gets blocked. The crowd go back into the this match sucks chance. Um, and again, it was that. It seems to be this certain chance that they can kind of cope with. Yeah. Other ones, it's affecting them. And they just stop for that little split second, but you can tell it's, it, that fluidity goes, doesn't it? If it only takes us a second to stop your train of thought, yeah. what you're doing next, and things when it's supposed to be that, uh, supposed to flow, suddenly doesn't flow. Um, Lesnar gets hit with a series of clotheslines, delivers a modified neckbreaker though. Uh, Lesnar connects, connects with a spear, which gets a two count. The finish. Brock goes for the F5, connects, gets a two count of his own. Lesnar sets up for the spear, which misses. Goldberg then connects with a spear of his own, finishes with the jackhammer at 13 minutes to give Goldberg the victory. And afterwards, the crowd chants goodbye to Lesnar, so he flips them off, and Austin... Uh, Obviously doing what was, everyone was hoping he'd and do. JR to get the crowd with his back line inside. of the night. Austin just stole Lesnar right out of the WWE ring. That is it. Goodbye. Fuck you. Never forget! 
Goldberg back in the ring. Stone Cold saluting this sold-out crowd here in Madison Square Garden. Goldberg on the other side doing likewise. But Goldberg not getting quite the reception that Austin did. And then obviously to end end that uh, uh, the match on a high and to send the fans home happy. Be a bash. <laughs> Be a bash. Stunner to Goldberg. Stunner to Goldberg. Um, but yeah, wowzers. What a match. What a match. That's going to go down as one of the greatest WrestleMania matches for all the wrong reasons. Yep. And I have to give JR credit for that line of the night. Was, yeah. JR, we, yeah, he, as much as we bash him, and I, I say we more, I bash him because yeah, I think he's fucking useless. Even in two thousand and four, I think he's. Right, well, I agree him. completely. But there is certain times he still knows. Like I've been watching any of the AEW Dynamite. Him and Tony Schiavone, it is like a trip down memory lane sometimes. But then other times it is like, oh, it's like two granddads trying to still have a go. It's, you know, it's, like, it's like, like Jim Cornette owning yeah, his own company. Yeah. Um, well, Jim Connor's still fucking bashing it away for... Have you seen NWA? have started their own yeah. uh, he's on that YouTube show. Of course oh, There's a whistle on that then on show. Uh, yeah, and he's now the commentator on that or something. They still love it, don't they? They still have a go. Like, it still happens now. Look at... Even look at WrestleMania 20. Yeah. We go backstage at various got... times and we've got all that. I know, granted, it's the Hall of Famers, but they still want to get involved. They still love it. and yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? They still get it's that like wrestling buzz. Of course it is. Of course it is. Um, so, yeah, overall, goodbye, Goldberg. We're never going to see him ever again. And goodbye, and this is the final time we'll ever we see Brock ever, Not only to probably see him, we'll ever discuss him in our era again. Again. I think it's time for a moment of silence to remember the next big thing, the Beast Incarnate, the former WWE champion, former King of the Ring, an absolute fucking badass that was Brock Lesnar. Cheers. Press F5 to pay respects. <laughs> <laughs> Up next, Vince McMahon has to come out and say, fuck me, sorry about that, to all the whole Madison Square Garden. But I think that's Vince McMahon actually coming out and saying it directly or indirectly to the head of MSG. Saying, yeah. I'll never produce anything like that ever again under your building, I promise. As he comes out, and he basically thanks the WWE fans for making WrestleMania what Without it is. music as well. Yeah. Uh, now, something tells me that this maybe was due to already happen because of the hype around it where it where it all begins again. It's the 20th anniversary. You'd expect some form of man thank you, yeah. gratitude towards what, what they've done for him and what he's done for them. Uh, but I, it just, the, the, the timing was brilliant. How they used the exact time yeah. where Goldberg and Lesnar had just delivered that. And then Vince came out and said, Zoe! The theme of this year's WrestleMania is where it all begins again. But quite frankly, 
Without each and every one of you, WrestleMania may very well have never began. So I've come before you tonight to simply say thank you. On behalf of the WWE superstars, both past and present, we thank you. On behalf of the entire WWE organization, we say thank you. On behalf of the McMahon family, thank you. Thank you for making WrestleMania what it has become today. Thank you for making the WWE what it is. And thank you for making this WrestleMania where it all begins again. Thank you very much. He saved himself that specific time spot. I know, he's brilliant. Absolutely fucking he brilliant. He, he knew. knew it was going to get shitted on. He was like, this will be brilliant. We're going to get him right back on side. Right back on side. Up next, it's time for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. And just like Raw, we've also got fuck all going on in our tag team division. As it is the world's greatest tag team going up against the APA. Against those wank bald bastards. Against Rick and Scott, your reigning tag team champions. Not too so cool. Otherwise known as Too Bear. Um, yeah, so just like Raw, fuck all going on in the SmackDown world yeah. of the tag. Um, it's a really sad sight. Rikishi and got... Scotty Tuati have returned over recent times and they've having their little nostalgia run, let's say. Um, world's greatest tag team, they've realistically done fuck all since ever they since the they titles. lost the titles. And even before that, really, I think ever since they broke away from Kurt, it's just it's been a slippery slope downwards. They've yeah. not gone forward like they should have done. Um, Shot does eventually. I think. We... I think the thing is that they spent a lot of time invested in the Guerreros, and then obviously they they realised, and obviously things go on with Eddie this evening uh, to where it should be, and uh, where his destiny is is yeah. going to lead him. Um, it's not the tag division, but there was a lot of emphasis on that, and then obviously that's they disbanded. We've had the feud of Eddie and Charbo, but then the tag team division is then it's been now full of the APA with their nostalgia run, where he's not quite JBL yet. Um, you've got the Bashams who, again, they did a got a title run, but they'd fuck all with it and they've fuck all since. Yeah. Um, and it, so it leads us to tonight, where the champions going in, just like on Raw. And the champions coming out. And the out. champions coming out because this fuck all going on in the tag team division. Um, so Shelton he starts out with Bradshaw. Uh, Shelton runs into a big boot and then a shoulder block elbow drop connects for a two count from big fucking dirty bully JBL but again same as the more, why is it not Tornado well I don't know because well do you know the thing is you can understand like I said in the Smackdown match uh, the Raw match sorry um, you can understand they, they want to keep it short and sweet but you could easily have had that start then a clothesline from hell from Bradshaw to finish that and not be a two count but a three count and boom straight away gone to the world's greatest tag team you've still used the a lot of amount of time that yeah. you've had for the certain segments just then convert them into pinfalls instead of two counts. It could have been it could have been achieved. Um, Doug Basham tags Bradshaw and delivers an inverted atomic drop to Shelton. Danny then tags in and it's a back, back suplex for a two count. Uh, Danny hits the ropes but gets a knee from Ass who then tags in. Uh, Scotty then tags in. What I thought straight away as well, this was a bit more fast paced than the uh, Raw match. Where the Raw match, you had, guys. you had the established veterans beating up on the up and comers. Where this was kind of You've got APA who uh, they're not going to take no shit and they're going to want to get their spots in. Yeah. I imagine Rikishi and Scotty Twatty being the champions as well. Want to get their spots in. in. Well, but, Rikishi does because uh, as Michael Cole mentions on commentary, he does make most to uh, 
give a stink face, which is apparently a WrestleMania tradition. It's a WrestleMania tradition. <laughs> so how many matches has Rikishi had at Mania again? Uh... <laughs> one? <laughs> uh, this one? <laughs> no. Did, did he not have, have a match at WrestleMania 17? Not at 17, no. Because that's when he was running with fucking uh, Aku, when Aku come back, weren't it? When yeah. they were a big fat Meng. But, so WrestleMania before that, WrestleMania 16, and he weren't. He only came about later on that year. He debuted at Rumble. Yeah. No, before Rumble. Before Rumble. So is this his, like, is this his first Mania match? Yeah. So that like, WrestleMania tradition of the stink face starts right. It's where it all begins again, mate. It's where it all begins again. It's also where it ends. It's where it all begins again. Um, Danny tags in Doug, or Doug could have tagged in Danny. I'm not yeah. Scott gets in Inzaguri. Uh, Doug tags back in, but Scott makes the tag to Rikishi, and Rikishi takes out everyone. Delivers a DDT to Danny, but Faruka then breaks up the count. Shelton tries to get a German on Rikishi, but the power of the ass sends Shelton straight to the floor. A squash the house in the corner sets up said WrestleMania tradition of the stink face. Uh, Bradshaw hits a clothesline from Helter Rikishi and delivers a last call to Doug, sending him over the top and taking out Hassan Benjamin. Danny misses a charge in the corner and then Bradshaw delivers a clothesline from Hell, but then Bradshaw runs straight into a Samoan drop. Uh, and then we get the butt splash to Danny for Scott and Rick, otherwise known as Two Meh, to return in just around six minutes. And we get the... Is this the first ever two cooldowns that made you as well? I'd, I'd say so, yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, back for the last. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, just like the uh, the red brand, the champions walk in, the champions walk out, and not very much happens. No one no. gets put over, there's nothing. No there were a couple no of decent one... spots with that uh, last call over the top. Yeah, they were always going to be, because you had guys in there who could go, like Bradshaw, for all his flaws and that, he, for, it, for his limited moveset and his limited ability... He, yeah. he knows what he's doing when he's working with the guys that he can fling around everywhere. Yeah. And the guys that can fling around have also got like Hassan Benjamin, as we, we've spoke about fucking for years now. Uh, they're two of the best of just being able to fly around, but also switch it straight away to being mat technicians and then do power moves, you know, combine power moves. And so, but then you've then thrown another element of uh, Farouk, who did very little in this yeah. match. Farouk, for me, I compared him. He was like Mark Jindrak of the Raw one. Yeah. He, he was there to break up the odd count. But apart from that, he did fuck all else. Um, but yeah, both tag divisions are in, on the arse massively. And if this is where it all begins again... Um, I'm scared for the tag division. Well, I'm not if there's a draft in the right way. Yeah, but... But is the draft going to go the way that the draft's gone over previous years and all of a sudden APA's going to get split? Well, obviously... Uh, Basham get, get, gets get split. Do you know what I mean? Is the tag division going to get even more, worse? Like, there's no, we've not hit a peak. We had that the tournament. We had the tournament for SmackDown. Yeah. That's all we've had when it comes to the tag division across both brands. I think when we started for Raw, we had shit like Bubba Ray Dudley and fucking Booker T teaming up against fucking Chris Nowinski and whoever fucking Al Snow and shit like that. Yes. Do you know what I mean? It's, not been great from the start. I think since three minute warning and Billy and Chuck when they were running their respective brands, that's yeah. probably been the highlight of the tag team. That's good, isn't it? Mm. That's Danny Basham whipping Bradshaw into the corner. Look out! Oh my God! Close by from Hell! Almost decapitates Danny! Unbelievable close line from Hell! But Keisha doesn't know Bradshaw is standing tall. Oh, Samoan Wow! With authority! 
350 pounds coming down on that Samoa drop. I guess I was wrong, right guys? You're gonna make fun of I made I I made I said the best was winning it. Well yeah, but are you gonna give me some credit? Who did I say was gonna win the matchup? I don't remember, but Ricky and Scotty! Alright, well anyway, they retain the titles, the tag team champ Scotty through Honey and Rikishi. What is this? I think Rikishi and Scotty <laughs> are gonna bring this garden crowd to its feet. The word from Scotty to Honey. Celebrating word! Celebrate your work. It's a little weird. That's cool. All right. <laughs> Rikishi and Scotty retain the tag team goal. Uh -oh. What is this? And we're going to get a little dancing on Broadway. A little extra here. Yeah. WrestleMania 20, the tag team champions represent SmackDown. Representing. That's what you were doing last night in that club down the street. Don't tell nobody. Scotty's lounging. The big keys. Breaking it down. Rikishi and oh, Scotty yeah. raising the roof. Yo! Retaining the tag team gold here tonight at WrestleMania 20. Yeah! Speaking of highlights, Jesse the fucking body comes out and he wants to know what WrestleMania would be without Jesse Ventura coming out and interviewing someone. And Same who, as it has been for a while. who is that said person he chooses to interview? It's only fucking current fucking Portas fucking <laughs> Donald Trump. <laughs> All floppy. Is Portas, isn't it? President of the United States. At Portas, if you want to follow Donald Trump. <laughs> Absolute fucking douchebag it is Donald Trump. Let me say this. What would WrestleMania be without Jesse the Body coming out and doing an interview with somebody just like 20 years ago. Now, where's my man? Who am I looking for out here to interview? Aha! Who is it? Who's he looking for, It's Gary? the star of the number one rated TV show on NBC, The Apprentice. Oh. Oh, yeah. The hey. host of WrestleMania 4 and 5. None other than New York's own Donald Trump. All right. The Donald. The Donald. Yeah. <laughs> Donald, great to see you. First of all, I got to say the hair looks great. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesse. All right, Donald, what is, you're here at WrestleMania, you hosted WrestleMania 4 and 5. What does WrestleMania mean to a man like you? Well, it means a lot. I was involved with, with Vince for a long time. He's a great guy. He's done really an unbelievable job. I'm with my son tonight, and we're having a good time. You're having a great time. Now, I got to ask you, now we'll get to the personal stuff, Donald, you know, if I were to get back into politics, could I expect your moral and financial support? 100%. 100% if I get back in politics. One, you know that, 100%. You know what? I think that we may need a wrestler in the White House in 2008. All right. 
We get a bit of a weird interview, and it repeats his comment from was it the Hall of Fame, yeah. I believe, saying that in 2008 wouldn't be interesting to see if they're a wrestler in the White House. And, well, Don- and Donald, if I'm gonna go for it, would you back me? And he's like, yeah, because yeah, I'll back you. It's funny though, because uh, because we it was in 2016 we got a Hall of, Hall Famer, of Famer in the, in the White, White House. House, a Hall of Famer. Um, yeah, very odd. I suppose it was. The thing is, Donald Trump has always had a lot of involvement within WrestleMania. Like, my yeah. earliest memory of Donald Trump is WrestleMania 4. When, when he's in the crowd. When he's, well, you see, you see his gaff in it. And yeah. Sets it all up. And then at WrestleMania 9, that's in his gaff, but in his the car park of his gaff. <laughs> uh, but So he's always had... And then you've got the WrestleMania with um, Bobby Lashley and the haircuts and all that stuff. Uh, so that he's always been very connected. And then you've got Monday Night Raw where you had the commercial free one, where... <laughs> The stock exchange thought he'd legit bought it and WWE lost billions overnight. Um, but yeah, he's always been very connected with within WWE. Um, so I can understand why they did what they did. It's just the it's foreshadowing. Yeah, isn't it? very much so. This very much so. this is the what's to blame them for becoming president. It's, Jesse, it's all Jesse ben, fucking Ventura's fault. All Jesse Ventura. Cheers, Jess. Up next, title versus hair. Um, in fair play to her. But yeah. basically, the back in, backstory of this is there isn't any apart from there wasn't going to be a woman's title match on WrestleMania until Molly Holly approached backstage and said, I've got an idea, hence the singing, and hence who comes out victorious. Um, no pun intended. Uh, yeah, that's basically what it was. That was all the build. And But can we, for a minute, just have an appreciation spot for Molly okay. Holly willing to fucking put it all on the line like that? And just got full Sinead O'Connor. Full fucking Mitchell Brothers. Full Michael Rag. Yeah. Full Danny and Dougie. Do you know what I mean? Full what are them two jobbers that we what you made me watch earlier on two oh five or Oh Birch and Luke. Oh Luke. them two dirty Lurie. fucking jobbers. Um but yeah, she's got one two. She 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 went bold. So what did what do you think to the match then? Uh, as a as a woman's title match, that all that Molly had to do, did it do you think it, it women's evolution or did it Playboy Wankfest? Closer to Wankfest, the sloppiness of it, in my opinion. Um, when you consider who's in the ring, Molly Holly, great wrestler, Victoria, great wrestler. Not really the kind of caliber match that they should be having, especially at Mania, especially with this kind of stipulation that's on the line. Yeah. A lot of moves. Uh, when she caught it for that sidewalk slam, you're sloppy. I think, yeah, there, there was a lot of... Um, the thing is, but you've got the two of the best in the roster, easily, when it comes to... These two could have put on a 20-minute classic with near falls and, and yeah. counter-action, counter-wrestling, and you could have gone outside if this had been and been today, and, they'd have given, given it given well, the time needed. Like, there was a few good moments. Like um, There was the moment where Molly connected with a snapman and then delivered a dropkick to the face of Victoria when she was sat up and got her a two-count. Uh you got. Uh, she went for the jackknife roll up. They got two of them. Molly responded with a kick to the gut, and it was just a, you cunt. So there, there was not much finesse band. It was just. A, I mean, I could use all these moves. I could do the Molly go around. I could do all that, but no, I'm just going to boot her in the ribs. That could work. That could work. Uh, Victoria, she come back with a power slam and uh, got a two count. Um, Molly fought that off. Sunset flipped into a power and got her a two, and then the finish came. Um, Widow's peak attempt, but Victoria countered. Um, it was weird. Molly went for the widow's peak, yeah. which I thought would have 
it was one of them where it never really works when you go for an opponent's move, especially when it's going to be the finish. Uh, so she goes through with us. It's peak. like when Rock and Austin kept uh, reversing each other's finishes. Yeah. Oh, well, uh, was it the uh, men in 19. 19? Yeah, where he stunned him and then he rock bottomed him and various other copying each other's moves. But it wasn't that like back at was it Vengeance fucking old fucking two Who maybe where you had Kurt Rock and Undertaker. And they all started fucking yeah. flipping out and doing each other's moves. Um, so I kind of like it. But yeah, so uh, Molly goes for Victoria's finish. Victoria counters into a backslide, which finishes in less than five minutes. So all that hype, all that drama, and all that probably like sat and contemplation of, am I ready to actually do this and lop off all my hair and go around now as a lesbian? Uh, do you reckon... For five minutes! Five fucking minutes! Do you reckon they all had a whip round backstage? What, she did it for Charity? Yeah. No. I mean, Vince laughed his fucking bollocks off. Absolutely laughed his bollocks off. Um, so Molly tries to run away. Victoria puts her into a chair, sprays her in the eyes with hairspray, and then puts her uh, uh, in a few straps and just locks yeah. her in and goes, right, you are getting an haircut. And to be fair, of all the, uh, the hair shave scenes we've had over the years, it's probably one of the more cleaner cuts. Yeah. Like, Edge and Kurt. He left it in my right now. I'm surprised he didn't rip his skull open with either attacking him with that fucking razor. Or one between uh, Zabisco and Raven and TNA. Yeah. Um, or uh, one that jumped to my mind then would have been... Uh, was it Brutus. Brutus and the genius, I think. Macho's brother. Where, yeah. uh, one of the WrestleManias. Where he just started hacking at his hair. And it's like, what a dickhead. I mean, at least if you're going to give him an haircut, at least chop off the longer bits or something like that or do something that can be sorted out backstage. You yeah. start hacking at the Yeah, just start hacking at the fucker. Well, Nash it would because obviously he were going to get his haircut anyway, so Jericho just helped him along his journey. But you know, I think with Molly Ollie, it was a, it was a cleaner shave. Um, so, yeah. We had a professional barber there. I'm not going to lie. It pissed me right off that it finished in five minutes, but you always knew that the minute hair's on the line, said hair is going to get chopped yeah. off. Yeah, which is just a shame because... Well, it might not be. Right? Molly only might have sat, I fucking loved every minute and embraced it all, but she's, her hair's grown back now. She's yeah. still not got her skin in, so does she probably look back and think, I probably shouldn't have for less than five minutes of a WrestleMania payday. Molly, Molly trying to... Molly trying to... She's trying to execute the Widow's Peak. Not going to work. Oh, and backslide, backslide by Victoria. And... Oh, oh. Wait a minute! I know. Holy haircut, Batman. Hey, that was good. Look at Molly. I don't think she can believe this. That just came out of nowhere. Molly was attempting Victoria's widow's teeth. Countered it to the backslide by the champion. A three count. And now Molly. I think Molly wants to know we have do-overs. Look! Oh no! Oh, Molly! Get out of here! Molly trying to run out of here. Molly doesn't want to live up to the stipulation that, by the way, reverse elbow that Stone Cold Steve Austin added to this match. You got to admit, you got to give Molly the benefit of the doubt there. She was forced into this thing by Austin. And Molly, uh, Molly just escaped. Whoa! I was to say she escaped New York, but that's a bad move. Hey, look out! Hey! Molly. Molly, you can't hey. up here on a tournament. The clip was on. Don't plug him in. 
Reporters are getting their hair shaved. Oh, wait a minute. Is that hairspray? Hairspray right into the face of Molly. Look out! Turned on. Now what's happening? What are you doing? Oh, Molly into that chair. Look at that. Oh, look at that. Look at this. Is that an electric chair or something? Barber chair. Well, you never, I've never seen a barber chair like this. That's one of those vibrating chairs or something, isn't it? Oh, you wish. No, no, no. Wait a minute. No, don't do this. No, come on. This isn't a little trim. This is a major. Oh, no. I like this, Molly. Molly, Molly even realizes what's happening yet. No. How long it took her? No. Yeah, man, how long it took her to grow that no. hair? No, 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 now she realizes she's tied down into that. No. No. chair is that, JR? No. Barber's chair. No. Barber chairs, have you ever seen that have straps on it like that? Time in the Santa Clara, and I was only there a couple of days. Look at this. Molly is absolutely restrained, can't do a darn thing about it. No, more here. This gives the new meaning to a little off the side. It's like a barber doing it, Victoria. You're a butcher job. She's she she did a bit in Ford, didn't she? Yeah, yeah. Just less of the meltdown. <laughs> so then, up next, we get recaps of the feud and events leading into the WWE title match of this evening of Kurt Angle versus your reigning, defended, undisputed heavyweight champion of the world, Olalese, Eddie Guerrero. Um, so, how did we get there? Well, like, at the start of the year, they were quite good mates, yeah. if anything. Angle tried helping Eddie out with his little feud with his nephew. Until Eddie Guerrero eliminated Kurt Angle in a 15-man Royal Rumble-style match to earn a which shot was amazing. at the WWE title, which was probably still now one of SmackDown's best matches of 2004, and we're only in fucking March. Um, on uh, Prior to the No Way Out pay-per-view, Kurt Angle defeated The Big Show and John Cena in a triple threat match to earn himself a shot at WrestleMania. On the same event where Guerrero defeated Brock Lesnar for the WWF title. WWF? WWE title? Okay, now. I jumped in that time machine then. But uh, at No Way Out, Kurt was attacked backstage by a mystery assailant. Orlando Jordan? He's always Orlando Jordan. He's always there. He's always there. With his glove. If the glove doesn't fit, though, you must have quit. Um, on the February 19th episode of SmackDown, Angle was a special guest referee in WWE title match between Eddie and Chavo. Uh, Eddie was about to close in on the victory and an Angle stopped the free count and would do his heel turn, which was a great heel turn. And heel Kurt is the best version of Kurt. And on the following yes. week's SmackDown, uh, Guerrero, uh, he was eager to get his revenge on Angle while looking after him when he finally saw Angle, who shoved general manager Paul Heyman into the assistant, Don Marie, would then go to get himself arrested by Austin Aries. Because that's not how a champion behaves, apparently. Of course not! Uh, as uh, Eddie got taken out of the building handcuffs, uh, Angle made some insulting comments to him before the officers drove away with Eddie in the police car. And on the March 4th episode of SmackDown, during Guerrero's match with Heyman, while he was handcuffed, um, Angle interfered and knocked him down a few times until Guerrero defended himself by spitting on Angle. As Guerrero begged Angle to nail him with the championship belt, 
Angle did so, raising the title over the embarrassing drug addict, leaning into tonight's match of Angle versus uh, Guerrero. Overall thoughts of the build and how we've got here to... You're an embarrassment and you're a waste of space and you're I'm just, drug addict, I'm you're just not, copying you're what Brock Lesnar did. And that's you, all kind of what the build-up is and the you've basis... Al, you've of, always been a drug addict, you always will be. Yeah, and the basis of the story that the we've been having since... With Lesnar. Well, Chavo. Chavo. Chavo started all this. Yeah, Chavo started all this. Um, but yeah, this is uh, one of the more less, I think, remembered and spoke about, really, matches of WrestleMania. Mm. I think it's more remembered for the finish than, than the match itself, and it's more remembered for Guerrero's spot at the end, and it's not at the end of his match. It's the end of his mate's match. Yeah. It's not like his mate came out and hugged him after he won the title. Um but yeah, what what did you think of the build then overall leading in? Were you excited the build, for the WWE title match? The video package did it really well justice. Yeah. Because uh, it got me, got me hyped up for the match more, uh, which is what it's supposed to do. Yeah. Uh, I noticed that Kurt was looking a lot more jacked with that single wrist well, tape on. Or is he a bit... I think he's had a bit of that because the thing is, I don't know, well, it might be a bit of that. It might be a bit of whatever he's injecting into his veins as it is. It might with all the painkillers he's known to go yeah. on. And this is the time where it kind of all starts, I'd imagine, because it comes he's out. Dumb, he's got numbness in his arms during the match, according to reports afterwards. But it all goes back to he was warned. He was warned when he made his quick return that you have this surgery and, yeah, you'll be able to return in half the time that you would if you had the actual surgery. But in that half the time, you could start starting to feel after effects and numbness is obviously one of them. And... You reap what you sow, Kurt. And it's not obviously nice where it goes from here because he gets addicted to the painkillers and then whatever else and whatever else, which ends up being very skinny Kurt Angle turned up in TNA. Yeah. Great uh, matches with Joe. Oh, of course. But he looked half the man. And it's like Vince begged him to leave. He said, I want you to leave to get better. And Kurt was like, fuck you, I'm going to go wrestle Dick's cat. <laughs> um, now, Michael Cole... Uh, he notes that uh, only four times have the WWE title been successfully defended at WrestleMania. Before this match, obviously. Can you name any of them? <laughs> <laughs> so Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania 2. Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania 3. Against Andre. Diesel at WrestleMania 11. Against Michael. Triple H at WrestleMania 16. Fatal 4 And also one that Michael Cole didn't state. Uh, it was Yokozuna at WrestleMania 10. Against Lex Luger. Because, yeah, because he went Michael Cole moves. also says this is the 20th time and the WWE title's been uh, in a matchup media. But I got 21. Because of WrestleMania 10. And WrestleMania 9. Both had tw- two matches. Yeah. Title. Yeah. Michael Cole doesn't know his stuff. Because Mania 1 didn't have I think, it's, I think it's not what Michael Cole doesn't know. I think it's Vince doesn't remember his shit. So whatever Vince is feeding for Cole and that to say, Vince doesn't remember his shit. And it's not like Michael Cole live on air can go, no, Vince, that's wrong. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's Yeah, I don't know. Or maybe it is Michael Cole and he just doesn't remember his shit. Please. Or they try and convince you that they do remember and then they get it wrong. That's <laughs> the best bit. And then they get it fucking wrong. Many people have asked me, why, Kurt? Why? I didn't attack Eddie Guerrero for me. I attacked Eddie Guerrero for the fans of SmackDown for all the WWE. 
Eddie Guerrero is a former drug addict. A drug addict is the last person we need to represent us as the WWE champion. That's why when Eddie Guerrero won the championship, I couldn't just sit there and let Eddie destroy the morals that are the cornerstone of the character of this nation. One day you will thank me for the champion that you can be proud of. Wait a minute! Whoa! That's the no! WWE Champion, Eddie Guerrero! Kurt Angle! You like to jump people from behind, so I'll tell you what, Holmes. I'm gonna take the fight to you. Officers, I want you to arrest Eddie Guerrero! You're spending the night in jail! There's a poison seeping through the moral fiber of this country. Our WWE Champion gets himself arrested, mired in scandal and disgrace. That's exactly what I feared would happen if Eddie Guerrero became champion. Would you feel comfortable if your children were acting like Eddie Guerrero? And Eddie Guerrero as the WWE Champion will only bring disgrace and shame to this company for years to come. I won't allow that to happen. I am hereby demanding that Eddie Guerrero issue a public apology for his reprehensible behavior. Tell you I'm sorry. Now. This is bad. Eddie, Eddie Guerrero's hands are still handcuffed. We have the greatest fans in the world, but they have no appreciation for what I'm doing. My match at WrestleMania is the most important match of my life. I'm not only fighting for myself, I'm fighting for the future of this company. So the match itself then, uh, very back and forth to begin with, we've got headlock takeovers, head scissors. Uh, the crowd kind of give a nice ovation to the chain wrestling sequence um, when they go, and it's kind of what you were going to expect yeah. from Guerrero and, and uh, Angle. But did you like, as they were making their entrance, Victoria was still cutting hair? Eddie was laughing. I thought it was fucking genius. Um, Angle hits a judo throw, grabs a side headlock. Uh, he takes Eddie over, but Eddie counters with head scissors. We get dueling chance of let's go angle and angle sucks from the fucking MSG crowd. There's not the people aren't on the fence. They don't know. They want to hate him, but they want to cheer him because they, they admire what he does. And you felt he's, a, he's a, such a lovable gimmick. Is the gimmick of Kurt Angle even as a heel? He's so lovable. But we've established this from No Mercy. There were two. 
the crowd have been behind Kurt like a fire up. Oh house. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it started for me at was it Rebellion when he was teaming with Benoit, and they were begging for Angle. I know it's British crowd, but they were begging for, and that's the first time I'd ever heard the crowd. They're frothing at them fucking mouths wanting to get a piece of Kurt Angle in the ring watch, watch him wrestle. Yeah, so, but it's, it's, it's insane. But you can understand why they've gone hill because Brock Lesnar's leaving. When it, but yeah. obviously what they know now is not what they don't know in that a couple of months where Angle again gets fucked and has to become the general manager for six months while he actually heals up just to keep him on TV because we need a heel figure on TV. And you know, I can't wrestle. He gets his fucking meatheads around him, uh, Fucking Roman Reigns' brother and Luther. Yeah, they're they're, and Luther. Luther. they're, they're young and imagine dragging that. Do you know what I mean? And, um, he ends up on that fucking diving uh, lifeguard chair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Angle he locks in abdominal stretch, uh, which Eddie counters into a suplex, and Eddie goes for three amigos, but Angle reverses it into a German. Uh, Eddie ends up on the apron, and Angle goes for a German off the apron onto the floor, which is always that moment. If he would have let go, it would have it would have held him into nine for all. Uh, Eddie elbows off and kicks Angle what, away. So what would have been better though um, if Eddie had knocked Kurt back? He'd have gone onto the announce table. And he would have fell through onto him and, and then gone through it. As I moves so. uh, Eddie dives, but Angle moves and Eddie flies into the barricade. Uh, Angle fires Eddie back inside and covers for a two. Uh, backbreaker connects for Angle for a two count, and Angle buries a through shoulder box into the corner, and then a snapmare sets up a body scissors, and then Angle delivers a pair of belly to belly suplexes for another two. Uh, Eddie, he goes for a frog splash but misses and Angle pounds away on Eddie in the corner and Eddie tells him to keep it coming go hit me again like the Tommy Dreamer spot hit me Thank harder you, you anchor hit me harder you anchor but Eddie comes back firing hitting a back elbow off the ropes and three amigos but this time they're clothesline amigos uh, Eddie gets whipped into the corner but moves from a charge and hits back with a suplex for a two count uh, Angle reverses a suplex attempt into the, some rolling Germans and Eddie rolls through the second German into the roll, but that only gets a two. Um, so even like, it kind of got a bit, during the match, I thought it got a bit sour during the middle. We got yeah. a few headlocks and chin locks. A lot and then of it seemed results. to pick up again. But that, you could see they were building up to something. It wasn't quite the finish yet, because you know they were going to give him a bit more time than the matches around it on the card. But like this spot, like um, you got Angle firing back with clotheslines. He goes to the Angle Slam. Eddie counters with an arm drag and a clothesline of his own. It's a tilt away load of Karana. Goes for a free amigos, but then Angle counters that third suplex into the ankle lock. There's like so many quick transitions, and the, for a fan being there in the crowd, the minute you thought you could sit down because the action had calmed down, you were back up again cheering. And oh, yeah, I thought it was brilliant. Eddie hits a drop kick, heads to the top rope, but Angle jumps with his feet and throws Eddie off the top rope to get a two count, which is brilliant. It's like Angle just snaps up, doesn't he? And yeah, he's up quicker than a fucking cat. He's very quick for his size, absolutely. Uh, Angle locks in the ankle lock. But Eddie counters into a roll-up for a two-count. Eddie ducks it. Angle ducks a right hand and delivers a German. Eddie reverses an angle slam into a DDT. Beautiful. Eds to the top for the frog splash. It connects, but Angle gets the shoulder up See, at I two. See, I thought that was the three. I thought that was the three. Uh, Eddie picks up Angle, but Kurt picks his ankle and grabs for the ankle lock again. But Eddie counters again, flipping through and sending Angle to the floor. Now, with the ref distracted... The old family motto kicks in and he unties his boot. Ah, oh, but he's only giving his, an- his ankle a bit of, oh, bit of air. He's starting to swell. Um, and he's able to kick his boot off as uh, Angle gets him in the uh, ankle lock again. And he rolls through into a small package to retain the title. Our longest match of the night so far at 21 minutes. Um, when, uh, I thought it was fucking brilliant. Match of the night. Yep, yeah, what a... No, match yeah. of the night. 
Did you notice that when after Eddie Eddie Foy took his shoe off, when it, the camera's dead pad on him, just sangles when really, you see his mouth. Oh shit! <laughs> I don't know that. He's brilliant. Great face. Brilliant. Great expression. Um, two of SmackDown's best all-time best. Oh, yeah. Probably on the top five list. Them two would be in the top two. Uh, if not top three, if you're throwing probably Undertaker or something like that. Because uh, you know what fucking marks are like. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, overall, that was one of Angle's best matches. Um, one of Eddie's, probably Eddie's best matches, world champion. Yeah. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was like a cruiserweight match, but main for main eventers. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. Eddie, wait a minute. Eddie's untied. What the hell's he doing? Well, he might be feeling, he might be, he might... Maybe he felt the sweat swelling up. Maybe his ankle could be it's obviously killing him. It could be swelling up. And if those boots are tight, well, yeah, it's the, really going to keep the, the pressure can hold it in. And, well, the blood flows right to that injury when you know when the, the pressure was applied with the ankle lock. And well, look at the agony the champions in. Kurt Angle's he might he might have a broken ankle, Cole. And Kurt Angle, if he could get back into the ring, could take advantage. I think the champion well, keeps. I, I, I think Eddie's trying to get that was trying to get his boot off his ankle's broken, but now Eddie knows he's in trouble. Oh, he's Eddie's trapped. Eddie's trapped for sure. And Eddie's been dragged to the center of the ring. This is it. The ankle lock is off for a fourth time in this match. Will the champion tap out? Just tap out. And just walk. walk. Just tap it. Wait a minute. The boot went flying. The boot came off. Look at this. Up next, we get a recap of the events that are leading up to the return of big old dead Mark. Brother versus brother. Brother versus brother. And um, we get a return, another return in this oh as well. Oh, yeah! Kid's daddy. The Undertaker! You're no son of mine! I came here tonight to give a eulogy for my brother, The Undertaker. The man that I buried alive at Survivor Series. My brother and I used to share a common bond. We were monsters, but my brother committed the most unpardonable of all sins. He betrayed himself. He became one of you. This man was not my brother. This man was not a monster. My brother was nothing but a fraud. I buried him alive. Rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs>
Sacred Live. For weeks, you've been sending me signs of your return. It's gonna take more than this to intimidate me. The Undertaker is dead. 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 At WrestleMania, there's not going to be any resurrection. Ashes. So I'm gonna hand the bill, uh, the build, sorry, over to you, Mike, because I thought the whole thing has been an entire big crock of bullshit. If you listen to our last episode and probably the episode before and the Rose Magnum before that, it's all been a crock of bullshit. But I know you love all this bullshit, so the floor is yours. Get people who don't know in the know of Taker and Kane thrice in a lifetime. So when Undertaker was a little kid. <laughs> All the way back. <laughs> Him and his brother Kane lived in a funeral parlour, which is, kind of makes a lot of sense for you to be called Undertaker. Yeah. One day, little Undertaker burned their house down and left Kane burned and scarred and disfigured and Mental, ugly as fuck. Mentally well, scarred. As Men- mentally would say. ugly. Mentally ugly. Then in 1997, during the first ever Hell in a Cell match, that's gotta be Kane! That's gotta be Kane. The best version of Kane. Yes. After 2001. No. After X Pac came with I am Kane. Fuck Kane. <laughs> That's the best Kane. <laughs> when he was a human being. Sorry, carry on. So they had their first WrestleMania match at WrestleMania 14. Which, of course, Undertaker beat his brother. Of course. Because... You don't put over the new guy at Mania. Of course you don't. <laughs> That's why he's been Mark Callis. Yes. Uh, then they started becoming friends like brothers should be. For a very short period of time. Until they apparently. Fought, they fought again. <laughs> at SummerSlam. SummerSlam 2000. Yeah. yeah. My second favourite yeah. SummerSlam. And then became friends again. Katie Vick happened. <laughs> and then he lost his mask. Yeah, and then we found out that he's not actually burned. And, it's yeah. mentally. Mentally, <laughs> mentally burned, mentally scarred. But whilst this was happening, Undertaker was having a bit of beef with Vince McMahon. Yes. On SmackDown, and he decided to have a little bear in a live match. Which Kane then decided to help Vince McMahon beat Undertaker. Yes. So now we're in a new Undertaker, brother versus brother. Thrice in a lifetime. Thrice in a lifetime. <laughs> um, but. Which starts joining the Royal Rumble match. Yes. Spike Dudley is still in. He still is, yes, just like fucking Spike Mania, Maven, and fucking Curtis, uh, Axel. Curtis Axel. So during the Rumble match, um, Kane's doing his thing. Then the lights go out. Booker T eliminates Kane, which could have led to a match between them two, but no. I disagree. No. So, so 
every other every uh, so often when Kane's in the ring lights out every so often every fucking time I felt so sorry for that gentleman Undertaker controlled rain he controlled hydraulics in ring I didn't even know it had fucking hydraulics that was awesome you loved it Undertaker was fucking he's, he's done notebook chaos it's been fucking it's been for me to sum it up I'd say it's been new generation meets modern day era with how gimmicky and stupid it's been because if you think back in like the new generation era Undertaker's spirit would shine out of the urn when Paul Bearer would lift the lid off and shit like that and even into the Attitude Era, he'd make it rain, they'd, they'd lightning at each other and shit like that. So yeah, I'd say New Generation Attitude Era crossover has equalised what is we're seeing now. But that's the Undertaker's gimmick, is supernatural. This isn't, though. This is Mark Calloway. Coming back from the dead. Mark, this is Mark Calloway cosplaying as The Undertaker. This is like modern-day Undertaker. He doesn't put no effort into his gear. He just wears, he wears bugger red gear, but with a trench coat and an hat. And goes, yeah. I don't know why he's decided to wear a cowboy hat now. Because he's. He weren't buried in that. Because he's fucking like Johnny Cash. And <laughs> I, I understand and I, I am getting a bit excited. I remember at the time about the return of The Undertaker. Uh, but it's a whole different ballgame when I'm miserable mid 30s guy these days. Like, so I, I, still, I can still sit back and watch 1994's build to a million dollar man's Undertaker versus Paul Bear's Undertaker <laughs> and enjoy that build more than this because. Undertaker's not I know Undertaker and it's weird because Undertaker wasn't there for a lot longer that time in 94 and then he was there under McMahon and then he was uh, under Million Dollar Man and then he was there under Bearer where this Undertaker has not been seen or heard of at all at since all Series. since do you know what I mean it's I still stand by I don't know why Kane's so bothered because how many times yeah. can someone try and offer, deliver a threat and then never back it up and I don't think he backed it up. I don't think, but then, boom, the dongs go off. And old, uh, I did I've, like Kane's entrance, though, with how this, it looked like the city was on fire. Yeah, oh no, definitely. That definitely. was awesome. Um, but one question I came into this is, how can you kill a man that's already dead? <laughs> it's bullshit. It doesn't look like The Undertaker. He looks like Bugger Red cosplaying as The Undertaker. Because his hair's not growing back yet. Uh, so, getting all seriousness, Undertaker's legacy is getting brought into it now. Yes. Because there's many a streak that's starting to mention. He's 11-0 coming into this, uh, which is pretty cool as it stands anyway. Yeah. Like, was it, did it Edge? Did Edge not get out to like 13-0 and then lost? No, Edge got to about Eight. 10. Was it 10? Was it? I know he got a good figure. Because um, then he, his first loss was Taker. Yeah. Uh, and this was kind of came... It was fair play by Kane because it's very much like how Brock Lesnar has had to hype his own match, but he's been fortunate to have the special guest referee element of Austin. Yeah. Kane's not had that. Kane's had weather and hydraulics and spookiness. And, and he shows up with Kane, isn't it? It's absolutely brilliant. And it's Kane that's saying this is going to be 11 and done, uh, or 12 and done. Uh, so he starts putting a lot of emphasis on the streak, and I think this is where it picks up steam from. Into 2019, where... Undertaker's still seen as a special attraction, but I think ever since the streak died, it's just been like, let's wheel the old fucker out again. Where up to the streak being alive, it everybody was... wanted to see him every year to see somebody end it. Yeah. And then once it got ended, that's it. Well, what's the point wheeling him back out? Wheeling him back out to then get victories. Victories. 
No, you should have just gone on a losing streak, that. Nah. Well, if they could still be getting should have lost that. to Wyatt. Oh, 100%. 100 should have lost to Cedar. 100%. Uh, now, Paul Bearer, did you know that obviously he was making his return yep. uh, to, to WWE tonight as well? Uh, did you know that when he was originally signed or called for the, to, for the return, he weighed well over 500 pounds, like Yokozuna legged yeah. big. And WWE, as part of the contract, really? they kind of paid for his liposuction by giving him a massive signing bonus and saying, that's been written in, so get your send fit. And he looks healthy. He probably looks... Like, I healthy remember, as looked. I remember the worst level of Paul Bearer that I seen on screen was back in like ninety nine, when he had ginger hair. Yeah. And he looks more Percy Pringle red than jacket. he did. Yeah, he got rid of Tash when he was Kane's dad. Uh, one of the first times he brought Kane on screen, wasn't it? And, uh, he just looked he looked really unhealthy. But he's looking, Paul Bearer, he's looking banging. He's looking some of the best he's ever looked. Uh, Undertaker, his druids. Uh, they are druids from uh, Chaotic Wrestling and the Chaotic Training Centre. Uh, Ken Phoenix, Brian Black, Arch Kincaid, John Walters, who used to be a football player for Stoke, uh, Vince Vicaro and Chad Wicks were all dressed as druids to play a special part in the return of the Undertaker's gimmick. Not heard of a single one of them. Not even heard of promotion in all honesty. Uh, Taker proper does the whole fucking shebang with his entrance. We get that. Everything. All the bells and whistles. I love how he slowly walks onto the stage. Yeah. Facing away. Uh, like facing left. Yeah. So look, turning Just slowly, turns, slowly turns, and stares, turning and then you get Kane's facial expression of "Oh my fucking what about all oh shit?" It just what? looks like you've done it now. You made a big mistake. Uh, I just think it's weeks and weeks of the head trauma, the mental trauma that Undertaker's delivered to Kane with not being there. He's now like, it's "Oh, like, here we go." Realization's setting. Big brothers here. Um, Taker fires away straight away, sends Kane to the ropes, and then Kane, bell, Kane bells to the floor and Taker follows. Uh, Kane meets him with a right hand on the floor, gets whipped into the ring apron. Taker sets Kane on the apron and delivers an elbow to the throat. Uh, Taker then delivers a leg drop off the apron and then heads back inside. This is the first time I noticed that he's actually got his logo on his trousers. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. First time I ever noticed. Deadman Incorporated, mate. It's, it's, they've just franchised. Watching it back. Yeah, they've franchised. I never noticed it back then. Uh, what did you think of some of Undertaker's early offense, like clothesline, big boots, backdrops? Very fast-paced for the dead man. Yeah, very, but it's his big moves. It's bugger red. Like yeah. the last time we saw the Undertaker, the it's Undertaker, he didn't deliver the ministry, would it? Yeah, but he didn't deliver this fast-paced. If this is supposed it, to be the dead, he is man, looking a lot better shape than he did in Survivor Series as well. Oh, incredibly, incredibly. Like the time off that he's took is. Got his worked on it. Yeah, but I, I still I, I firmly believe that the dead man he does he's slow, methodical. This is fast paced cruiserweight taker, this. This is I'm gonna kick your fucking, fucking two or five live fucking Calloway. Um Taker and Kane the trade blows in the middle of the ring, Taker getting the better of it until Kane fires back with an uppercut. Kane misses a charge in the corner and Taker connects with a big boot and a leg drop. Uh, Taker delivers old school but jumps into a choke from Kane, but Taker grabs the throat of Kane and breaks his grip. Kane fights loose and then Taker hits the ropes, run into a chokeslam from Kane. The finish comes as Taker sits up, sends Kane into the ropes. Kane tries a big boot, but Taker completely no-sells the fuck out of it. Taker hits the ropes, delivers a flying clothesline, chokeslam, finishes off with a tombstone in just under eight minutes. Another incredibly small, low match. Uh, another incredibly short match. But time was taken up from the entrances. But the dead... Well, that's always been the Undertaker's stick, hasn't it? Um, so, yeah... It's a semi-main event. Uh, I thought he was teabagging Kane when he's pinning him. 
Uh, do you know what I like enjoy about The Undertaker? Uh, we're fortunate that this Undertaker, he's got a bit of air about him. Yeah. Where there's some Undertakers over the years that he still does that setup and that sequence and then just to flick his hair back with the rint on. So, but, um, when, he, uh, when he had Mohawk. Yeah, he, yeah. He goes to a place. Flick Mohawk back. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Um, but yeah, overall it was a bit of fun. It was nothing that we've never seen before. Undertakers, he's not come back with any new offence. It was just... A way of introducing the Undertaker yeah. back. But Kane, Kane's offence was... The choke song was just to set up the set up. Yeah, yeah. Um, he did get... I suppose Kane got a few shots in, but it was more body shots. Yeah. Uh, it was more... It was very similar to like how the John Cena Big Show-esque, where, where Big Show being Taker, John Cena being Kane, where Kane did rally and did rally and get a couple of moves, but the but difference is that Big Man won in the end. Do you know what I mean? Like, if Big Show would have prevailed in the end, like, it took me nine goals... For you to keep coming at me, for me to push you off, keep coming, push you off, and then for me to actually win. Where this this had that opposite effect. Yeah. You but keep yeah, coming, overall, I'm going to push you off. You keep coming, I'm going to push you off, and we're not, you know. Were you excited? Yes. Did, did, are you not excited to see where this goes? Because it all begins again. Well, it's, Where's it going now for Undertaker? If you didn't know, obviously, if you, we were blind booking coming into this, we don't know what's going to happen going forward. Uh, what what do you do? What, here, what brand do you put him on? Well, he's still on SmackDown. Do we keep if we keep him on SmackDown then? Who does he fight with next? Big Show. You think someone like Angle? Or... Angle's fucked though, isn't he? Yeah, you, I didn't, you were going to this back then. Yeah. So you think someone like Angle mm. or Guerrero? Edge returns and spears fuck out of him. <laughs> Instant heel turn for Edge, maybe. Just yeah. fantasy booking the shit out of that. We've got we've got six months left for that. Yeah. It is time. For our Wrestle Granddaddy Mania. So, shall we say a disclaimer here? Are we talking about the wrestler? I always Benoit? talk about Benoit, the match. I review the show. Or, I talk about Benoit as it is. Yeah, so our, our comments are not based on our opinions of <laughs> that murdering motherfuckers. Well, it's Benoit's best moment in the, in this the is, history of Benoit. This is his greatest achievement in his career. This is his greatest moment. The match was pretty so we're, fucking shit. we're just looking in, in perspective from 2004. <laughs> Fuck the murdering scumbag, but yeah, I, I've always said the same at the start. Ever since we started this journey, I'm going to review the show, I'm going to review what I watch, and if I enjoy what I watch. I always enjoy I don't feel uncomfortable watching a Benoit match. No, because they're great matches. But do I admire what he did in the ring? Of course I do. Do I admire what he does in his personal life? Of course I don't. And how anyone ever should, ever vouch and think that Benoit should ever get uh, put in a Hall of Fame is just ridiculous. Even though, yeah, Mike Tyson and people like that are in and they've done crimes and whatever. Drunk He's killed his own kid. Yeah. There's no fucking coming back from that bottom line. But I ain't ever going to take away the fact that I'm going to sit back and watch it from a wrestling fan standpoint and watch a wrestler, not watch a person. I'm watching a gimmick. Mm. Like, when I watch The Undertaker, I don't watch Mark Calloway. You watch The Undertaker. When I'm watching Stone Cold Steve Austin, I'm not watching Steve Williams, who beat up his wife, Deborah multiple times do you know what I mean that's kind of way I, I've always tried to set my mindset on it from a personal standpoint I think he's a prick but from a wrestling standpoint and I hope he rots in hell but from a wrestling standpoint he's, he was fucking one of my favourites yeah. my favourites for a long time so yeah um, disclaimer Mike's going to feel bad about applauding Chris Benoit <laughs> so how did we get here Chris Benoit won the Rumble, Shawn Michaels wanted a rematch, and they went, that's not how it works. So we had the signing, contract signing, and all the contract Michael. signings ended the right way. 
where Chris Benoit just signed his contract and they tunneled off into the future into WrestleMania for have a singles match. Oh no! The dirty fucking heel, Shawn Michaels, knocking out Chris Benoit, signing Chris Benoit's contract, and then because there's only one copy of this contract, one copy of paperwork, yeah. uh, Chris Benoit just, just has to add his, add his name to the bottom, and tonight we've got a triple threat, uh, and Triple H has got his WrestleMania boots on! I did love the gear. <laughs> WrestleMania baby but yeah that was a very short build to what essentially was a lot of filler yeah. for a good couple of months uh, well it's been like six weeks seven weeks coming off the back of uh, Royal Rumble where Two months. there's not been any storyline there's not been any reasoning apart from Triple H kind of saying Benoit's never going to make that grade and Michaels and Triple B H plus player Michaels and Triple H still having the history of, of what they had in, in the past and that's uh, so yeah, main event time. Uh, Chris Benoit, Shawn Michaels, Triple fucking H. See, Michaels is Mr. WrestleMania. He's always supposed to have the grandest entrances. Yeah. It's, it's just a bog standard entrance for him. Yeah. Last year's made he got loads and loads of pyro. Uh, but, I, yeah, I don't know. I think because as much Where's as he zip is, line? as much as he is his champion coming in, and Michaels is the credible challenger coming in. We know who, in their mind, they, the focus wants to be on going out. So maybe they're just, what's the point doing all the pizzazz around the entrances where the focus tonight is on Benoit? Maybe Triple H and Michaels were an afterthought in this, which is a wonderful thing to think. I, I'd love for us to be sat here now reviewing WrestleMania the year before and saying, oh, what an amazing thing that Booker T is now being seen in the eyes of Vince McMahon as not just an ex-world champion in WCW. Is now seen as the guy that can lead WWE into the into 2003, into the ne the future, the new era of wrestling. Where no, is a dollar. Get me a towel. Where I'm so glad that they have seen that Benoit from what he's done and the achievements he's done and the efforts and the matches he's done over his life. If you think yeah. that Benoit with Guerrero, Malenko, and Saturn, they all debuted in 2000. This is now 2004. Yeah. There's a lot of guys that aren't even given a year sometimes at that well, level coming where's in. Where's Malenko at this point? Uh, Whereas Perry I Saturn think they're both. Like, I think Malenko's retired. I think Perry Saturn's like MIA. He went MIA for years. And he was over to it one bit. Yeah, uh, yeah. Cause then he fucking, he was like, no, he gets shot, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, and then he turned him onto prescription drugs and heroin and everything else after that, and got. And I think now he's got some form of mental fucking something from getting it too many times. That yeah. sort of illness. Um, Boxes for Yeah, yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, and obviously Malenko's. AEWing it up as a producer these days and obviously Eddie is up there fucking slamming everybody in Evans crown jewel having matches with Owen Hart every night oh yeah yeah 100% um, so the match itself then uh, I love the start with Benoit and Sean arguing who gets attacked Triple H on the outset and then they take turns throwing each other off as they deliver blows to Triple H it was like we can work together but it is still going to be a triple threat so any one time I'm going to get you uh, Benoit goes for a crossface on Sean, which is blocked. Uh, they trade chops, and Benoit fires Sean into Triple H, sending him to the floor. Uh, Benoit hits a lovely Northern Lights suplex for a two count, but Triple H comes in with a clothesline to Michaels. He fires Michaels over the top. Benoit meets him with a series of chops, and every single one of them it hurts a, hurts a little bit. Uh, just stings a little. Just stings a touch, just a tad. Uh, Sean skings the cat. Uh, Triple H whips Benoit into Sean and fires him over the top. Uh, Sean delivers a baseball slide, putting both guys down. Uh, they go to the top, delivering a moonsault onto the floor, taking out both guys. Um, fair play to Michaels. Yeah. And I've always said this. With his bad back. With his bad back as it is, and the time that he had to take off wrestling 
for him still to have a go and have a go at stuff like a moonsault onto the outside. Even though it was shit, what he did at uh, Saudi. Well, yeah, that shit. jumping off onto Kane and Taker and that. Still having a go. Still having a go. That is Asian, is shape. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, Triple H goes for the pedigree, but Benoit makes the save with a clothesline. Uh, Benoit comes in and fires Sean into the ring post shoulder first. Uh, Benoit hits Triple H with a snap suplex and then chops away at Triple H in the corner. Uh, Triple H goes for Michaels and whips him into Benoit. Triple H covers Michaels for a two count and then tries another whip. But Sean reverses, sending Triple H into a corner. And then Benoit comes flying in with a boot. Sean gets a two count, then delivers a flying forearm off the ropes. Does his usual nip up, but Benoit gets free and clotheslines him over the top. Goes for the rolling Germans on Triple H. But Benoit goes to the top. Sean's though back to crotch him off the top. Sean goes for sweet chin music on the game, but he's ducked. And Alan connects with a big daddy DDT. Triple H goes over to Benoit, who looks to try and get a superplex. But Benoit fights him off temporarily. But eventually, Triple H is able to connect. But only for a two count. And it's another one of them brilliant moves that Triple H can pull off. And every time he does. Because Triple H ain't no small guy. But he's just... Because he is just a ring general. And then big super power moves from the top rope. Triple H, it's always going to make you look good. He'll make me look good and you look good. He's just, he's, he's brilliant. Because he is that game, damn good. Because he's that damn good. Uh, Sean hits the ropes and delivers a flying forearm, which sends Benoit to the floor. Sean nips up, delivers an inverted atomic drop onto Triple H, gets a couple of clotheslines and a scoop slam, goes to the top, delivers his pandant elbow. Sean tunes up the band and delivers sweet chin music, but Benoit makes the save. Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. <laughs> makes the save, pulling Triple H to the floor. Uh, Benoit goes for the sharpshooter, but Sean blocks it. Benoit then delivers a slingshot, sending Sean into the ring post, busting him wide open. Uh, Benoit goes for the crossface, locks it in on Sean. Sean tries to tap, but Triple H stops his hand from hitting the mat, which was a beautiful save. brilliant spot. Beautiful save. Brilliant save. Uh, Benoit then puts Triple H in, on the Spanish announce table, goes for a German suplex, but Alan fights him off, sets up Benoit for a pedigree. Benoit fights him off, but Michaels comes back. Sean Michaels and Triple H look at each other. And it's like a DX reunion. <laughs> and the double superplex Benoit through the that, Smackdown table. That was and a shambles. That bump. point, I honestly believe I that, that was it for Benoit. Yeah, and I it's can't now one of these two. I've written him off. I did a Taz. I've written him off. I went, no, it's fucked now. He's got no chance. No chance. Like, Is Michaels taking it? But Sean fires away with right hands. Triple H hits the pedigree out of nowhere. Triple H is slow to cover. We're not talking Booker T levels are slow, but this is slow. And Benoit, out of nowhere, makes the save like fucking out. Superman. Uh, Benoit fires away on Triple H with a series of chops, but Triple H goes for the pedigree. Benoit counters that into a sharpshooter. Triple H also almost makes the ropes, but Benoit pulls him back into the centre. But out of nowhere, what? A sliding so switch of music. Beautiful it was. Very Elimination Chamber levels of just out of nowhere yeah. to stop. Or was it Jer- Jericho and had the walls on Triple H, wasn't it? And he stopped it by switching music. Uh, onto Jericho, I believe. Um, the finish then, Benoit turns around into a pedigree attempt but he cowers into a crossface. Triple H almost makes the ropes and starts to fade, but powers out and reverses. But Benoit keeps on. Roll. Keeps on after the roll. And in 24 minutes and 25 minutes, you're new. I was shocked. Alan tapped. I was shocked. Alan tapped. I was shocked. As your new World Heavyweight Champion is... Chris murdering scumbag <laughs> Benoit. <laughs>
Alan, everyone gives Alan shit for never putting anyone over. He tapped. It's WrestleMania, baby. That, if that's not putting over, I don't know what is. WrestleMania, baby. But, but there you go. WrestleMania get 20. The with moment. a new 
world champion, and as you said, we had that moment. Benoit celebrating up the top rope. Benoit in Royal comes, comes back down, turns around, and his best friends there. Uh, Both of them are crying. They embrace each other, and it's that moment that is probably the only moment that people look back from this pay per view with a still a positive mindset now, even though it includes fifty percent of fucking just scumbag. Ridge, because people will still think about Eddie's moment at Mania with Benoit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It was one of the moments that will still be remembered for Eddie, for Eddie's fans, and even for Benoit's fans, because I imagine he still does so, has fans. fans of his wrestling. Yeah. I, well, you don't know. Look on Twitter, mate. There's still people that support murderers and scumbags. Um, but yeah, as a main event, I firmly don't believe it should have been the main event. But You preferred Angle. Eddie. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and we could have still done the same switch, but with Benoit. But I think the thing is, because Eddie was all, he retained and Benoit won. Yeah. And I loved how they decided to put the World Heavyweight Championship on Benoit, being the belt that he had the night before he debuted yeah. in the WWE when he beat Sid at like sold out or something like that. Um, the title he never lost. That's it, that's it. So, that is WrestleMania 20. Uh, as always, Michael, I want your best match, your worst match, and if WrestleMania 20 was a superstar of the Ruthless Aggression era, who would it be? Best match, that one, I okay. would say. Oh, dear. No. I, I thought, I thought as far as triple threats go, it was one of my favourite. Okay. And worst? Wankfest. <laughs> what? <laughs> Wankfest was easily one of the standout moments. Hall of Fame worthy Wankfest, that was. <laughs> yeah, it was probably the worst match. Uh, and, and if... If he was, was a wrestler, the heartbreak kid Shawn Michaels, because he is Mister WrestleMania. Okay, okay. Uh, I'd say best match angle, uh, angle Eddie. Worst match, it's a tie for the tag titles. I think they were both dire matches. It was both just the same matches. match. Yeah, okay. it was just same match replicated. Um, and if WrestleMania twenty was a superstar of the Revolution era, um, it'd be uh, Bill Brock Gold Lesnarberg. Uh, a creator wrestler on the 2K19 of everything about WrestleMania 20 for me. It's people make it synonymous with oh, it's Eddie, and, Eddie and Benoit. Far too much. I make it synonymous with that shit show that was Brock Lesnar and Goldberg. But on that note, I think we'll leave it there. Coming up next, it's time for the first Raw and SmackDown. We're going to deliver it in one episode uh, of the new era, the brand new era. No more Lesnar, no more Goldberg. What, how are we going to fucking Take cope? us back. Ta Rock's never going to wrestle in the ring again. Take us back. Angle's fucked. Edge is on his way back now. So, things. And Billy Gunn had a moment backstage. We might even have a match on fucking Royal Smackdown. You never know. You never know. You never know. But until then, we'll leave you there. And Michael, as always, let everyone know where they can find us on all forms of social media. On all forms of social media, be it Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, it's at our era podcast. That is it. And until then... I've been Dave, that has been Big Sexy, until Raw and Smackdown. Peace, Peace out, people. Ruthless aggression. It's my life, my time, my rights, my rhymes, my grind, my struggle, hustle, sweat, and my blood, too. I'm ready to smell fear, and I smell a lot. My competitors flex here. They smelled I was hot, I want it all. Excess, the sex, much success, stress up, I want it all, no less. So come on.